Do you remember last week's episode? It's the one where I had looked upon a Wikipedia article regarding FPIs, food protein-induced enterocolitis syndrome. And when I looked at it, I was really surprised by what it had on it and the medical inaccuracies. So I discussed how Wikipedia may not always be the most accurate because it can be edited by almost anyone at any time. And if you recall, I edited it myself just to kind of give it a little bit more of the factual information. I have no idea how long it's going to stay in its current form because someone, before someone else edits it again. But for right now, at this moment, I'm okay with it. Anyway, so the information about Wikipedia might always be completely accurate. In fact, Wikipedia even writes on its own website, Wikipedia is not a reliable source. I just didn't realize how true this was until the information that I found about FPIs was so deadly wrong. What does it have to do with this episode, you might be asking yourselves? In that episode, and it was this entitled Dr. Internet Misinformation, I discussed how some online websites might prove better and more accurate than others. I had given a list of some websites which I think would be better uh, to look at than others, but again, there are no guarantees. I, in that episode, I listed some those websites, how you could find them, and if you go back to my prior episode, episode number two in the Feeding Me the Easy podcast series, you can listen to all of my website recommendations right then and there. Anyway, um, this week we're going to tackle the what now. What if you somehow found yourself reading information that was likely to be more accurate? What now? When it comes to medical conditions like feeding difficulties, food allergies, or things having to do with feeding, especially in your babies and toddlers and preschoolers, are you all good? Is knowing the information enough? So you've you've gone to the website, you've read what it says, somehow you're able to comprehend it, even though it's a doctor speaking. Let me tell you, you can always understand it because some of doctor speak is truly doctor speak. It's like it's hard for someone who is a layperson to understand everything that's written in doctor speak. I remember when I was in medical school, I almost felt like I was learning a new language with all the different words I had to learn. Anyway, so let's say somehow you're able to understand what's on that website. Now what? Is knowing that information enough? Why or why not? I'm Dr. Evika. I'm a physician and a mom to a young child who fed reluctantly. I remember feeling so scared and so alone as it was hard for me to find answers to my child's feeding difficulties and to improve the feeding. Fast forward past many doctor's visits, lots of reading, multiple certifications on various aspects of feeding, and many feeding therapy sessions with me as the mom. You will see a mom and a child who has come a long way in the feeding department. Life feels so much less scary. I have so much powerful knowledge regarding early childhood feeding. Feeding has become easier and I have more of my life back. I create this Feeding Made Easy podcast as a way for you to have actionable, simple, step-by-step strategies so you don't have to feel as alone or as scared as I once did. If you have some questions about nutrition and picky eating, if you have a young child with lots of symptoms but no good solutions, regarding why feeding seems more difficult than you would expect, 
if you have a diagnosis but you're not sure what actionable, good, step-by-step progress you can make now that you have that diagnosis, you're in the right place. Let's get learning. Just remember that this material is for educational purposes only. I'm not your doctor. If you or your child has specific medical concerns, please see your doctor. Okay, so let's say that hypothetically, you have read tons of research papers about a specific medical diagnosis. You've gone to various websites that you believe are factually accurate, and you have compiled a list of research articles. You have this big list of research articles, and as you're reading them, you're noticing that some of them are agreeing with each other, while others are not in certain ways. You have read like there's no tomorrow, you now have a sense of like the information that's shared by so many of them. Now what? Are you good when it comes to you or your child's diagnosis? Okay, so let me say this another way. You now have some idea of where you can get your medical information. This is not a fail-proof formula. I really can't predict which website you will wind up reading and what you'll find. Plus, even if you had all the most accurate information in the world, which is probably hard to find, you still run into a problem. Do you know what that problem is? Even if you look at the information from lots and lots of reliable sources, having that information doesn't necessarily mean that the information you gathered will translate into insight. And that's the big thing. I really want to spend this episode discussing insight with you. What do I mean by insight? There are multiple ways to look at the word insight, so think about it. Having lots of information does not necessarily translate into insight. In the dictionary, insight is deep understanding. That's what the dictionary says. According to the dictionary, insight is being able to understand inner nature of things in a more profound way. So how does this relate to all of your reading about uh, specific medical conditions? Even if you read multiple articles about a specific condition, you often are able to see that condition only from the information that you gathered from those articles, as well as perhaps some kind of personal experience. That information may not be fully representative of what's going on with the medical condition. Most people, when they read articles, put their own spin on what they have read based upon their own lives what they have seen and experienced personally. You can have two people who see the same information right in front of them, but come to completely different conclusions. There are multiple different potential interpretations of the same information. You can have different interpretations of facts, and I say facts in quotation marks. So you can have multiple different interpretations of the same material that you just read or you just saw or you just experienced. So let me give you an example of that. So that you have a sense of what I'm talking about, let's talk about it in terms of a story that recently happened to one of my friends who was driving. It's a true story and it's pretty interesting. My friend was driving along the same road that she regularly drives. She was obeying the speed limit. Her license and registration were all valid. They were not expired. All the lights in her car were working properly. While she drove, she looked at other drivers around her. She noticed that the driver in front of her was smoking heavily in the car and had a similar-looking car to hers. She did not think much of it. 
She knew that ill effects of smoking and was not a smoker, but she wasn't about to tell a perfect stranger who was driving to stop smoking, right? You're not going to get out of your car. You're not going to yell out of your window, hey, stop smoking to the car in front of you. Just don't do that. Anyway, so my friend continued to drive. All of a sudden, a police car in back of her signaled her to pull over. She complied, but she had no idea why the police officer would ask her to do that. Why would the police officer tell her to get out of the car? The police officer got out of the car, and so she asked the police officer when he came over to her, what's going on? I haven't committed any kind of a traffic offense, so I don't think I have. Why are you here? The police officer then told her, I saw you toss a cigarette out of your car and onto the road. You should not be throwing lit cigarettes out of your car. You're going to get fined. Don't, first of all, you shouldn't be smoking. And second, don't throw the lit cigarettes out of the car. Do you know what kind of damage you could cause? You could start a fire. My friend looked at him quizzically as she had never smoked in her life. She asked the police officer, what are you talking about? The police officer had seen lit cigarettes being thrown out of a car and assumed that that was her car. The police officer assumed that she was throwing out the lit cigarettes. In reality, it was the similar looking car in front of her that was doing that, but she got blamed. The police officer was adamant that she must have been smoking because he saw the lit cigarettes being thrown out of a car, and he was certain the car was hers. He did not realize that another car, just like hers, was driving in front of her. So while my friend was upset that the police officer was accusing her of something that she did not do, the police officer wondered why she continued to lie to him. Like, why are you lying to me? I saw you, the police officer. I saw you throw out those lit cigarettes. So, and my friend was like, well, I've never smoked. It wasn't me. He finally believed her once he searched her entire car and found no evidence of any cigarette smoke and found no evidence of any cigarettes. There's no denying that a cigarette was tossed out of the car by a driver. However, to the officer, it appeared that she had tossed it out. In reality, the driver in front of my friend had tossed out the cigarette. Okay, so there are two people, the police officer and my friend, so those are two different people. They were in close vicinity of each other. Both had the same experience, but they saw it very, very differently. That's kind of what I wanted to tell you about insight. You can have the same piece of information in front of you. You can have the same sensory experience. You can read the same thing. You can see the same thing in this case, and you experience it in a very different way. I use this to illustrate how you can have the same situation and come to two different conclusions depending upon a whole bunch of other variables. When people look at information, They see it through their own lenses. Even with all the information that we have been given, we might not understand the truth. The police officer was convinced that my friend had thrown out the burning cigarette out of her car window because that's what he saw. He saw it. like He didn't think he was hallucinating. He wasn't having visual hallucinations. He actually saw it. However, it wasn't what really happened. What he saw was not the truth. Sorry to be using the example of the police officer. I think that most police officers can be wonderful people, but I wanted to share this story to illustrate a point. 
and partly because it's a true story. So I wanted to kind of share stories that I think are true or that are true. So much of the information that we get is interpreted by us or our senses in some way. And we come to conclusions that may be different from the conclusions drawn by another person who witnessed the same event. So you got that. So now you know, you kind of get that example. The What we read, what we see, what we experience, what we think we have knowledge of may not be the whole experience. We can extrapolate this kind of thought pattern to medical conditions. When it comes to a condition like food allergies, feeding concerns, behavioral concerns regarding food, not feeling hungry and things like that. Anyway, when it comes to those conditions, the family member and the doctor or the other health professional, they all see the same thing, but in different ways. They come to it from a different perspective. Uh, the person with the condition sees it from their angle. The family sees it from their experience dealing with it. And uh, the medical professional sees it from a whole population standpoint where they have multiple people coming into their office with similar conditions or making patterns in their headspace upon that. So the question now, because everybody sees it differently, slightly differently, is who has the most complete picture? But then, you know what the interesting thing is? In my opinion, none of them truly do. While the doctor may know the ins and outs of the medical condition from a symptomatic, diagnostic, and treatment standpoint, the doctor might not know the ins and outs of living with the medical condition, the patient and his or her family, or the person with the condition and his or her family do. They are living it. They're experiencing it. What's another way to get the most complete picture? Put different viewpoints together. The doctor kind of sees the condition from patterns that have been observed over seeing many, 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 many patients with it. And based upon those experiences that keep happening over and over again, you develop patterns in your head of what's considered more typical of the condition and what's not. So you get you look at it from a very different perspective. But because of these different perspectives, you're going to have different viewpoints. So how do you meld all these viewpoints together? How do you get the most complete picture? You put the viewpoints together. The person with the condition and his or her family, especially if that person is a child, should discuss their day-to-day experiences with a medical professional. Even if the patient or family gets all kinds of book knowledge about a specific topic that they have lived day in, day out, they still have a different perspective on it than the healthcare provider. Did you understand that? That even if you get tons and tons and tons of book knowledge, lots and lots of reading about a specific topic, Having that book knowledge, having done all that reading, still gives you a different perspective than the medical professional because the medical professional has that knowledge base, but they also have to have the experience. And I think that when they have the experience, um, they can put a different take on it than you can. At the same time, Nobody knows your experience better than you do, right? So you kind of have to work together. I like the idea of the melding of minds. 
where the doctor learns from the person with the condition and their family. And that family and the person with the condition learns from the doctor. So you have this exchanging of knowledge. Each perspective can complement the other. While getting all of this information is really good, it's good to discuss it with someone else. If you are a person who is experiencing these feeding difficulties or your child is experiencing these feeding difficulties, for instance, then you might want to talk to that doctor about it. They have a different perspective that can complement your own. That being said, using the internet to get information is not bad because people who educate themselves on health topics using the internet may be more likely to get better treatment, especially if they look at the internet and they look at more reliable and factually accurate locations. We discussed where is better places to look on the internet in my last podcast, so go ahead Episode 2 of the Feeding Made Easy podcast gives you that information. Anyway, if you become educated on the medical condition or your child becomes educated, your family becomes educated, then when you come to the medical visit, you get to have a better sense of what question that. As you're going through the information, why not come up with a list of questions? You're probably going to have questions as you're reading it. Bring that with you to your doctor. Even if you can kind of sense how some of this may be applying to your own life already just by reading it, get that extra perspective. It might be helpful for you. Also, people who read information may be more likely to seek medical care. They may be more likely to know when to go to a hospital when they need the most. Being able to get the information and Reading it and looking for your, your own answers by yourself can be life-saving. So let me give you this example. My friend George definitely was glad that he looked at his medical conditions on the internet. George started off by having a normal day. He had just had dinner at a local restaurant which he, where he often goes. Uh, he decided to try something different on the menu, but he did not think much of it. This was his favorite restaurant. He's always felt fine whenever he's gone there. He had eaten there many, many times, and he always felt fine. Anyway, about 30 minutes after eating his meal, George developed difficulty breathing, a feeling of lightheadedness, and round welts on his skin that itched intensely. George had never felt that way before. What was he to do? He wasn't sure what his symptoms meant. And I think some of you may kind of guess what his symptoms meant, but he wasn't sure. And he wasn't sure whether the symptoms would go away on their own or whether he truly needed medical care right away. Because George wasn't sure, he actually used an online image search to identify his rash. The rash that was all these round welts on the skin that itched intensely, he used online image search to try to figure out what it was. And it looked most like hives. Okay, you probably some of you have figured that out. That you know, when you have these round welts on your skin that itch intensely, they may be hives. They may be other things too. But you know, there's a chance that they're hives, especially if you're also having lightheadedness, difficulty breathing with breathing with them. Anyway, so he then he did an internet search on his symptoms. Uh, he plugged in difficulty breathing feeling lightheaded and hives and 
he started to read about anaphylaxis. He read that this could be a medical emergency, so he should call 911. I guess he wasn't around anyone who would call 911 for him, so he called himself. And he thought that he was, he told them that he thought he was having a severe allergic response. Within moments, the paramedics arrived by his side and they were able to give him a potentially life-saving medicine called epinephrine. It's a medication that acts on the whole body to help shut down the allergic response. It constricts blood vessels, increases blood pressure, decreases swelling, allows for easier breathing, (laughs) just generally makes you feel better. I'm personally quite glad that George asked for help because waiting in this scenario may have resulted in quite a bit of harm. Anaphylaxis can be um, quite dangerous if it goes on for too long. However, by George going on the internet, he knew that he needed to ask for help because he had then done an online search of his symptoms. I think that having internet access is a good idea, but ultimately we also need to realize that internet searches by themselves may not be the most reliable source for medical care. What we gather in online searches may not be representative of everything that we need to know in order to be able to diagnose ourselves correctly. We also need to talk to medical professionals who have intense training about medical conditions. It's not a good idea to use the internet instead of talking to them. However, doing both things in tangent, especially now in the age of technology, may have some benefits. As we're able to learn more about our own conditions, we're better able to then assist the medical professionals who are able to help us. We need to trust the medical professionals as well because even though we have access to all this information, most people don't have that insight to make a huge amount of sense of it. So go ahead, use the internet, but also write down your questions and information that you learned, then call your doctor who can help guide you through this information and piece it together in a more cohesive way. At least that's my hope. All right, now go get your free items at feedinghandbook.com. There's going to be a freebie with many of these episodes. Also, please tell me if you'd like to be on my podcast or if you'd like me to be on yours. Just let me know in the work with me section at the feedinghandbook.com website. I'm even looking for individuals who just want to share their stories about their children who have feeding difficulties. I don't think that there's enough awareness of the extent of the issue and the different ways that it presents. So if you just want to share your story, even if you want to be anonymous, I'm okay with that. Let's make our platform one where we include this advocacy where we share our stories i'd love to have your input if you want to subscribe to my weekly podcast and get notifications of when they will come also let me know again go to feedinghandbook.com website under the work with me section all right just to let you know feedinghandbook.com is going to work to get you to my website but you can also get there by using my name. And I'm probably in future episodes, I'm going to stick mostly with my name. So my name is Dr. Evka. So doctor, you can probably spell it. Evka is E as in eat, V as in victory, K as in knowledge, and A as in action. So DrEvka.com. Thank you for spending another moment with me. Thank you for joining me today. I'll see you next week. I'll be here and I'm really looking forward to our next interaction. It means a lot to me that you're actually listening. So thank you. This is Dr. Edka and the Feeding Made Easy podcast.